Uh, we're talking, of course, uh, um, on the show this morning about Pretoria Girls High, and I've been asking for learners who are part of that school to call us and tell us what's going on. Uh, Shante, you are a grade 12 pupil at Pretoria Girls High. A very good morning to you. Hi, how are you today? I'm well, I'm well, Shante. I hope you are too. Uh, listen, uh, there was a lot of attention paid to your school. Uh, certainly four years ago, uh, one of the main touch points, of course, was the hair policy uh, that was quite discriminatory against uh, black learners there. I understand that many, many learners are saying nothing's changed or very little has changed. Most definitely. Um, I personally think that the system hasn't changed one bit. Um, looking at the code of conduct, only the hair policy has changed, but everything else has remained the same. So what are some of the issues that, that are upsetting to you there as a learner? What do you go through? Um, mainly, so we would we had a meeting on Friday with the executive body and we raised some concerns and it's um, how we like how teachers protect the learners who perpetuate racism and homophobia and um, a lot of sexism towards black people and people of color. And um, mainly a lot of old girls and new girls have um, sent out anonymous um, experiences on Twitter pages about their experience in Girls High. And it's, it's sad and it angers all of us. What have you gone through, Shante? What has happened to you? Have you got a story to tell us? Um, yes. Um, in my grade eight year, um, I was pulled out of my music lesson. And this teacher had told me that he wouldn't be surprised if I was pregnant by the age of 16, because that's what stupid, poor colored girls do. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, yes. Shante. How did that make you feel? I, um, a lot of us have said that we carry the burden that Girls High gives us. And Zuleika mentioned yesterday that we, we've been praying for a better life in the school, but yet we cry ourselves to sleep. And I remember crying myself to sleep every single night thinking, what if he's right? Going into my high school year feeling inadequate, like I'm not enough, invalid, all those feelings that have that have pumped me up to now, to what yeah. happened yesterday. And that, that kind of thing still happens there? Most definitely. We, we got stories from this year, and there, there were so many stories that just happened after 2016. So today I understand there's a demonstration at the school. Um, I, I no doubt uh, imagine you've told the school about what you guys are experiencing. Uh, why the demonstration? Have they been unresponsive? They have definitely been unresponsive through the entire thing. Um, our, our executive body, which is an all-white Christian heterosexual executive body, um, closed their doors on us and the windows yesterday instead of hearing our voices and speaking to us directly, um, they, didn't, they didn't want our legal representation to come in. Um, and we had a teacher that has told us that we, are, we will get expelled if we don't leave the premises because it's a school day, it's an academic day, sorry, and that they will call private security or police on us.
my goodness, the department made some promises a couple of years ago when the hair issue uh, first flared. Uh, Have any of those uh, been kept? In my honest opinion, I do not think so. I do not believe so. I think the problem still happens today. Even if it comes in the form of microaggressions, it still is a problem today. Shante, thank you very much uh, for being brave to come on air to tell us your experience. Uh, Shante, a grade 12 learner at Pretoria Girls High, saying uh, much of what uh, they were complaining about, learners were complaining about at the school four years ago, is still a fact of life for them. All right, let's speak now to Zuleika Patel, who's a former Pretoria Girls High School student. Uh, you remember, of course, that she was really a vocal four years ago in 2016 in highlighting the issues at her former school. Uh, Zuleika, a pleasure to chat to you this morning. Um, unfortunately, what brings us together is uh, the fight that you took up uh, four years ago with many of uh, your fellow learners at the time still remains. Um, so, yes. Um, hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I think one thing that I'll just quickly cra- clarify before I get into it is that currently this year I'm in my matric year. Um and so I'm still a current girl at the oh, school. Oh, I see, um, I see. I understood that you were no longer at the school. I beg your pardon. Because um, you, no, you are quite young then, hey. Sorry, please come again? I said you are quite young, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes, yes. So um, basically, the same. we find ourselves singing the same gospel because what had happened in 2016 when... Um, when the MEC intervened, basically it became an issue of how fast can we clean up this matter, clean it up from the media, and just clean it up as well to ensure the reputation of the school is protected. And then we deal with the matter for like direct transformation within the school. It was a thing of how fast can we clean it up, and that came at the compromise of learners. That came at the compromise of learners. Learners were compromised, and since 2016, victimization continued, racial victimization continued. When matters such as um, accountability, teachers who who were found guilty for racial offense being held accountable were not held accountable and continued to torment and victimize learners throughout the past four years. What I can say personally is that, um, personally, from personal experience, my high school years since 2016, when I was in grade 8, has personally been quite an unbearable nightmare because since then, I was placed under heavy heavy surveillance by the school. And on several numerous occasions, I'd been referred to as a terrorist who does not belong on the school. And so when, when we're questioned today and this year and asked why we're protesting, it's because we haven't seen adequate change within the school, number one. And what had sparked yesterday was yesterday was the fact that the school had claimed to support the Black Lives Matter movement and wanted an all-black Thursday. And what sparked, what sparked the demonstrations within yesterday's matriculants was that we were questioning the school as to how do you claim to support the Black Lives Matter movement, yet you perpetuate the same 
the same kind, the same system that the movement is essentially yeah. fighting against, and wearing all black does not erase the racist, the racist offense which has been perpetuated within the corridors of the school, within the code of conduct itself, and has been perpetuated by many of the teachers who claim that now they support Black Lives Matter. So essentially, that's what we were questioning yesterday. So what are you, what are you demanding? Because I understand there's going to be a demonstration today. What 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 are you demanding the school must do now? So with our demands, we're very clear on our demands. So I'll actually just um, read out the open demands which we've been which we placed on um, social media and we um, physically delivered a physical cop a physical copy of the demands to our headmistress yesterday. So with the um, demands, it goes as, we as the learners who support radical humanism and want to undo undo systemic racism in schools as a part of a broader movement to decolonize education, demand the complete eradication of a hair policy that is discriminatory. Does the hair policy still exist, Zuleika? I thought that had been dealt with. The hair policy, let me actually make reference to it and quote from it, because what had only been changed within the hair policy was that one phrase was amended and the language was it itself, the language and the selection of words and the tone that is used remains triggering. Let me actually quote from it. So the yeah. only phrase that was added in, in the code of conduct itself, and I quote from 14.3.9, Afros as a form of natural hair are permitted, provided that it is neat, well-maintained and subject to subsection, which is mentioned in the above points in the code of conduct. Natural hair should not impede or restrict the view of any other learners from seeing the teacher, the board, or any other educational aid or device. Teasing of hair is not acceptable. The language in itself remains triggering because how do you use the selection of words such as permitted and the fact that going that deeper into the rule, they basically state that um, should you have an Afro, you shouldn't be allowed to sit in the front. And now that puts you at a, at a disadvantage within the class and how you access learning within yeah. the class as a black learner. You Zuleika, know? You... What we're saying essentially is whilst, you, whilst there's still existence of such a policy, there's still room for discrimination because who gets to sit and chair what defines a neat Afro? Who is it a group of white women that sit and define what a, what a neat Afro looks like to them? Who gets to sit and share yeah. that decision? You know? And you, then further on point two, on point two within our demands that we've made um, we've made public on social media as well, we're demanding the creation of a department of Isuzulu and the appointment of a head of department so that Isuzulu is offered as um, a subject to learners because now we're, we're demanding that there is a more diverse and inclusive approach within the African languages being being. Um, Taught at school. Being offered at the school because yeah. currently only Sepedi is offered at the school and the Sepedi department in itself still remains heavily under resourced as opposed to the Afrikaans department at the school. In the entire department there's only two Sepedi teachers for the entire school, grades eight to matric. I know you've got a list of demands and we probably won't be able to go through all of them, but I just wanted to broadly outline what it is you are still faced with. And and the question I want to put to you now is, I mean, uh, you were 13 years old, in fact, when you were part of those protests in 2016. And and I'll never forget the, the comment that you made when you said, 
asking, being asked to change your hair was like being asked to erase who you are as a black person. To now find yourself um, in your grade 12 learner, in your grade 12 year, still dealing with these things. Uh, what does, what does that make you feel? Disappointed? It's very disheartening and it's truly, it's, it's heartbreaking because the same, we address the same matter that within these going and seeking quality education in, in our country as a black child comes at the cost of your human rights. It comes at the cost of, um, at the cost of your mental health as well as your dignity. And because within these schools, when we enter these schools, we are expected to leave a large part of our identity out when we enter. Yeah. We're expected to assimilate into the schooling system. And it's, it's disheartening because we thought that we were heard in 2016 and now yeah. we have to come back and take extreme measures because for so long we've, we've been trying to sit for passive negotiation, trying to negotiate and talk about the issues, but the school has been resistant to change. They've been resistant to change and it's been a hostile environment. And so yeah. it's got yeah. to a point where... We've, we are left with no other option, essentially. Right. I'll tell you what, Zuleka, let's get some responses from the Department of Education because they made a few promises to you and uh, other learners at the school at the time. Steve Mabon, I heard some of my conversation there uh, with Zuleka. Steve, good morning. Always a pleasure to chat to you. We've taken at least two girls. There are many others uh, who are protesting against ongoing, what they are calling ongoing uh, racial discrimination at Pretoria Girls High. This issue flared up four years ago. The department promised to take action. Why are we still here? Good morning, Bongani, and to all our listeners. Um, it's quite fair that um, you will have uh, such destruction because um, we said we opening schools to catch up on the program. But um, we have attended to all those concerns that were raised in 2016. I mean, there was even a team that was deployed from the Department of Basic Education to go to the school and assist the parents to craft a code of conduct that will be favorable because those were the issues that were raised then. And the team went there, they you know, recrafted, they assisted the SGB and parent body to recraft the, 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 the code of conduct. And that was done. And the so we don't understand uh, the issues that are raised now, which I knew some of them, and they, they were not even raised uh, with us to say these are the issues that we want you to look at. I mean, all those other issues we, we attended to. It's quite puzzling that you have uh, new new uh, issues that are raised now, and they are raised through a protest. Just explain to me, Steve, when you say this is a distraction, what do you mean? No, I'm saying it's a, it's a, it's a distraction, it's a, it's a deviation from what we, 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 we are supposed to be focusing on. How so? I mean, How so, Steve? Hello? How so? How is it a distraction from what we're supposed to be focused on? No, we're supposed to be focusing on what is happening in the classroom. We can't be protesting now. We can't be uh, uh, risking our lives and being in, in groups. And at some point, we don't adhere to COVID protocols because that's what has been happening yesterday at that school. It's quite uh, uncalled for. So that's what we are saying. We said learners must come back to the school and be in the classroom. And to have a few learners that will then organize themselves and disrupt schooling while majority of the school is in the classroom. That's what I'm talking about because 
most of the issues that are raised now, those are new issues which would have been raised through the necessary channels. Uh, and then when you look majority of them, it's the responsibility of the SGB and the parent body. Because if you go talk about a code of conduct and you talk about late coming, late coming is not allowed in all the schools. The learners, the learners that I'm speaking to this morning are not addressing the issue of late coming. They're addressing the issues that four years ago your department said it would take up. And they're saying that a lot of their concerns aren't new. They're saying that they are still victimized as learners. They're saying that their code of conduct still has very much the same issues that they were protesting against in place. You're frankly being dismissive of them, Steve, are you not? No, I'm not, I'm not dismissive. I'm saying to you... There was a team that was dispersed from basic education that assisted the parent body to work on the code of conduct, which the parent body was satisfied with the code of conduct. Because remember, the responsibility of the crafting and making sure that there is a, a, a code of conduct in the school is parents. Because parents are saying to you, the department, this is how we want our children to conduct themselves. It's their children. It's their responsibility. So we're saying the department assisted the parent body to, re- to change the, 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 the code of conduct. And according to us, we didn't have any issue. So I'm saying to you, the memorandum that was sent yesterday to us, it has new issues uh, which were not uh, addressed you know, before. That's why I'm saying to you, I'm not, I'm not being dismissive, but I'm saying to you, what we should be focusing on is the curriculum. The learners must know that they have lost a lot of time out of the classroom, they need to be in the classroom. And majority of our learners at that school were in the classroom. It's just a few, uh, 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 you know, learners that were outside uh, doing all those things. That's what we're saying. Steve, I want to leave it there. We've just run out of time. The spokesperson for the Houting Education Department. Tell me, tell me, you who are listening to this conversation, how do these schools change if that is how the department responds?